Hi, you are listening to Mobile Couch, and this is episode number 96. Didn't even have to look it up. Pretty good. I did my homework. (laughs) (laughs) Took you 96 episodes. (laughs) No, come on. Sorry. So, Ben, we had a lot of feedback from our announcement last week. Yeah, we did. Like a lot, a lot. Especially on Twitter. Um, We had a lot of people kind of sad to see the show go, um, sad to to uh that you know the show is ending you know a few people wished us well which was nice and a few people kind of were like well you know i can't wait to see what what ben is in next what ben is (laughs) 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 what you know they just want to know what like what you know what 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 the future holds for us and it was really it was really nice it was was quite touching it was very touching um nice to know people actually listen yeah i know i mean i always knew they did because we have like Numbers and stuff, but they're just numbers. Yeah, we Whereas get the like, we get like a feed, like the occasional feedback. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not inundated with emails every week or anything like that. And it's always been nice to kind of get those and you know know that I I, I don't want to say like I, that we're helping people because I don't like I don't even feel like it's like that. It's just like people seem to enjoy listening. People like to nice. listen, and that's nice to that's nice for us to know. So I can't tell you that the show is going to continue. That's not going to happen. No. Sorry. Uh, the show is going to still come to an end with episode 98. But we wanted to let you know that like, we, we love doing the show. It's not, it's not a matter of like we're not interested in doing the show anymore or anything like that. It's just that you know, for new things to start, sometimes you've got to yes. discard the old things. There's a great episode of Topical on that. And sometimes you don't even know what those new things are before you have to, like, before you end exactly. the old thing. You've got to, sometimes to even be able to find the new thing, you've got to, you, so I, I, I can't, I can't necessarily tell you what the next thing is for, for Ben or for, for me. I, I, we, we don't know, um, but we're excited, but we're excited. We're excited to have a, you know, that the, for what the future holds for us. And it might not be, you know, more podcasts or anything that, that you can come and, enjoy as well but you know that's okay yeah and maybe maybe out of this somebody new will come in and fill the hole yeah i do feel like since we started there are now heaps of ios development podcasts whereas when we started it was kind of like there weren't that many now you see lists of them everywhere yeah well i mean there, and there, there weren't that many in australia especially like we part of the reason that we started the show like part of the reason that i wanted to start the show anyway mm. was that all the development podcasts that i listened to that I knew about at the time were all American. Yeah. They focused on American problems, which sounds weird because like, it's not like development styles and stuff like that are any different here in Australia. Um, well, in saying that, when you, <laughs> when you put in color, how do you spell it? Like if you were making a variable well, yes. called color, yep. what do you do though? I'm seriously curious. I mean, I write. With a U? No, I write with American spelling. Whoa. Yeah. I think I do too. My code is written in American spelling. I think mine is too. But I don't write anything else in American spelling. So, although Z in like, you know, the American Z kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. um, how do you write, for instance, serialized? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to sit down and type it. I feel like I'd use a Z, which is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, but it's not like, you know, other than like basic language stuff, yeah. it's not like, you know, development changes that much between Australia and, and America, but some of the outside stuff, some of the fringe stuff, like, um, you know, the, the services that we have access to yep. are different. Um, just Different conferences. Yeah, you know, different conferences. Uh, different meetup. Yeah. And 
you know, I, that part of the reason that we we started the show was to kind of, you know, I, I, I felt like I wanted to address that a little bit. You know, I, I felt like that was something that I wanted to like, you know, to explore a bit. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think that we, you know, we've finished exploring that. But at the same time, like, I, I think there are other issues now that plague both countries as far as development con- is concerned. And I'm hoping that um, the, the next podcast, um, whether it be mine or somebody else's, speak to those problems uh more i think but it's been it's been amazing and wow the feedback that just i don't yeah i can't i can't even wow <laughs> this week i wanted to talk a little bit so this is my kind of the episode that i wanted to do for a while and earlier this year kind of in the late first half of the year i got approached i got an email from a recruiter from a big company yes. based in the US. And I talked a little bit about this on Topical um, because we talked about like being indie or working for the man. And obviously this kind of plays into that because I got like I got this email. And I'm like, wow, this is a big company. I'm not going to mention the name. I'm going to like dance around the name as much as I can for the entire episode. So enjoy that. But I like, I, you know, it's a company that I really don't have any great feelings about other than the fact that like they kind of do cool things in the development kind of you know world i'm gonna give them a code name a code name let's go with goo book twipple goo book twipple goo book twipple yeah that sounds really complex (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) a complex name for a complex situation yeah uh so when I got this email, I I basically talked about it to a few people. Um, ben, I believe you were one of them. Uh, yes. Russell was one of them. Obviously, my wife was one of the people that I talked to about this um, quite frequently. And my biggest question was like, sh- should I do this? Like, I don't, I actually don't know if I should do this. Like, this is kind of on one hand, I w- I've always wanted to move to the US and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do a thing uh, like, you know, work in, you know, work, work in the US and... Uh, that's been a kind of a dream of mine since I was a kid, right? Like that's yeah. that's a huge thing. And on the other hand, I also have like the dream that I live. Like you know, I, I work basically uh, on my own stuff. Yeah, most of the time, I am able to choose the stuff that I do. I have like all the benefits of that, like indie or freelance life kind of provides. So what do I do here? And I think that the 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 way that it kind of played out was that on one on one hand, you know, Mel's also been you know wanting has wanted to move to the move overseas for a long time, uh, and right now she kind of is the main provider for for you know our household, and it's not that that bothers me really. I mean, it kind of does, but more so that I want to make sure that I'm also pulling my weight. Yeah. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for me to grab, like, you know, for me to, you know, be able to make more money on a, you know, more ongoing basis, move to the United States. Like, there's a lot of benefits in this, a lot of personal benefits. One of the things about this process also was that I I wanted it to be a learning experience so that I could learn from it because that's kind of the sort of things that I like to do. I like to learn from things. And so I decided to go for it. Like, I decided to try this, try this out. And so I responded to the recruiter and was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, you know, let's go through this process. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the things that I learned from going through an interview process. Sounds good, Jelly. You're hired. Yes. Congrats. I'm going to turn up at the Tripe Sock office. 
I know I hired you for this. First first thing tomorrow morning, <laughs> okay. nine o'clock. <laughs> in my suit. We don't pay. We're a volunteer organization, just so you oh. know. <laughs> so one of the first things that I that you come across when you're doing a coding interview, or at least that I did, you'll tend to do code questions. I um, hate interviews. <laughs> <laughs> like they make me I'm kinda glad that I I guess work for myself in that I kinda hope that I never have to be on the interviewee side side ever again yeah because it's the worst especially if you really want it right like yeah and i think i think like for me i didn't i wasn't like it wasn't that i didn't want it it was that i didn't not want it yes there was definitely an element of i kind of want to i kind of want this but i'm also kind of happy if it It wasn't like a i don't care about this yeah it was a this would be nice to at least get the offer and then I can make the decision knowing that I could have done it if I choose not to. Yeah. yeah. One of the first sets of questions that I had to go through was kind of like a screening process. Um, these are kind of coded code questions, not the same kind of code questions that we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, the these are, so, so they were basic, super basic and they were so easy. I think I even asked you the questions and mm. you answered them and you were like, wow, these are so easy. As an example from from a couple of questions, I'll, I won't go through them all. Of these four things, what cannot be inserted into an NS array? Mm, mm. A, UI view controller. Mm. B, NS URL request. Mm. C, UI color. Mm. Or D, CG point. All of the above. Well, it's not all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you know this. <laughs> D. Yes, <laughs> you know they're they're, they're relatively point. yeah they're they're relatively easy questions. Um, they're the sort of thing uh, I think having looked over these and having like I've, I mean I've had this li- this list since I went through them. Um, the the questions and the answers on here are as such that like y- you probably know them even if you don't know them. If you've done any kind of like code in Objective C mostly because yeah Objective C is still pretty big. Mm-hmm. If you've done any code in Objective C at any point, you will probably know them because you've had to like work around them or whatever. Um, you might not necessarily know the answer, but you might know the answer. Yeah, especially if they're multiple choice. Yeah, I liked how they made it D. Yeah, because like, like if you one. were a little stressed out, yeah. you'd be like going, <laughs> "All right, all right, I think they I'm weren't just... all D." Though. And then it's like A. Oh, I'm not sure. B. Oh, I'm still not sure. <laughs> it's like they really sweat you there. Yeah, they weren't all D, but they actually, they actually, none of them were A. I'm just going to point that out there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and it's, that's that was like a phone interview going over the phone. Like, this is like a, just a screener. Like, do you know any Objective-C at all? Mm. Give us another one. One more. One more. Which of these things is not a mechanism for decoupling classes? Bit more complex than the last. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we talked about this on a podcast. Yes, yes. And in fact, I think. Wait, let me I listen back to it first. About... <laughs> <laughs> uh, a delegation. B mutex. <laughs> C notification. Or D blocks. <laughs> One of those really stands out there. They could have picked. I'm going to say B mutex. Right? Yes, Am I correct? Correct. Yes. They could have picked one that was a little. I don't know. Closer to a little. Yeah. The realm of possibility, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. So I Something think... that actually has to do with like, you know, actual like writing classes. Mm. Like, I don't know. Um extensions. 
Yeah. Like that, is, that would have been better yeah. and still correct. That would have been hard. Yeah. Obviously not what they're going for with that step. They yeah. want that one to be. I think they just want that to be really easy. I, I think. I mean, I kind of like it a little bit because it's like you know you kind of like takes any of the nerves that you had and you're like, oh, this is actually this isn't so bad. I feel pretty. I feel pretty good. I mean, I still felt pretty bad after that. I think. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I was, it's I was funny still feeling you... kind of nervous. But I think that's the uh, maybe the idea there is to like make you feel better about. I think so. So it's funny how like if you just read those with no pressure, you'd get him like instantly straight oh, yeah. away. But in the moment, you're like, I wonder if I'm forgetting something. I wonder if I'm missing something. I'm really doubting myself here. Yeah. So I think those are probably have two parts. They're probably designed as a basic screen just to trim off real low quality candidates. Yep. And also to make you feel better about the process, like to boost your confidence. So for the people who get through it, boost them just a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's not so crazy after all. Because there's a lot of horror stories around, right? About Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's like, tons of horror stories about the process. You are shrunken down to a tiny person and find yourself inside of a blender. <laughs> what do you do? That's a real what? question. What? <laughs> that's apparently a Microsoft interview question. Oh my god, that's crazy. What does that even mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Microsoft were famous for them. There's also a lot of them have become like just straight up tr- trivia questions. Like why a manhole covers round was another one. I think that one came out well, of Microsoft. Manhole covers round. Because if there are any other shape, they could fall through themselves through the hole. Really? Apparently. Yeah, like if it was square, you can tilt it on its side and then it will bend through the hole, right? Whereas if it's circle, there's nothing, you, no angle you can put that through the, through the hole. That's apparently the answer. Someone tell me if that's wrong. I've believed that one for years, so <laughs> I'm going to crush my foundations would, here. I'm trying to think of how that would work. <laughs> the yeah. other one is, uh, you know, like the classic two trains approaching each other at X speed, right? Yep. So Microsoft did one where two trains approaching each other at blah, blah, one leaves at this time, one leaves at that, and... In between them is a bird who flies back and forth. So it flies from one train to the next, turns around and flies back until it hits the last train and continues. So you get like a back and forth, slowly decreasing width. Yep. And then the question is, how far has the bird traveled when the two trains collide? Uh, what happened to the bird? It was above the trains. It survived. Oh, okay. Thousands of people died in the train. So. <laughs> I don't care care about the people. I just care about the bird. Exactly. (laughs) You didn't mention any people. As far as I'm concerned, there are no people on these trains. They're all automated. That is the correct answer. You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Trick question. So I moving on from that, like I I got kind of a primer from from my recruiter. So I had a recruit, like I had basically the same recruiter throughout most of the process. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a fairly typical thing in these cases. She kind of coached me a little bit on like how to like yeah well I like think the recruiters I'm not sure if they're 100 percent commission but they basically get a bonus when someone actually gets hired that's one of their don't know what the word is but you know what I mean so they do coach you and try yeah. and get you through yeah so they they gave me like kind of suggestions as to what I should make sure that I know um, as an example I should know things like hash maps and trees and graphs and I classic data structures like, you know the, the, most of the stuff was like stuff that you know if you ever went through computer science mm-hmm. for me who never went through computer science um, or did any sort of university degree in that kind of field at all mm-hmm. some of them I had no idea like I looked at them and I went what? Like it's not that I don't know these things. Like I'm a pretty de- decent developer. I think yeah. probably. 
But a lot of these things I don't necessarily know. And most of the time you don't need to. And most of the time you don't need to. Like, I don't need to know what a hash map is. I don't, like, it doesn't necessarily, I might run into a problem where I, know, like, where I put the the knowledge behind that to a, to good use. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean I know I can take the term and apply it to the the meaning. That's part of what you learn in computer science. Yes. So I, I found that I had to learn a lot of that sort of stuff. Like, I had to try and, like make my brain register this problem with that name. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like I, I nailed that, really. I know what a hash map is now. That's good. <laughs> so you learned something from this experience? I did. I did. I learned <laughs> new things. But there was, a, there was a lot of things, like different kinds of searches um, and how to do them. We talked about binary search last week. Was yes. it last week? Yes. I think we mentioned that one last week. Yeah, it was. We talked about it last oh, week. Oh, get bisect. Like, yeah, bis- yes. get bisect, where you like find the one in the middle. And then you, like, if that does have your thing, you kind of, like, move to the next kind of quarter yeah. area and then kind of keep, like, divided in half. That's one of the only ones I've ever, I guess, really used, you well, know, in binary real life. Search is really, binary search is really, um, really good as far as, like, big O time, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So, I think of all this, that computer science knowledge stuff yeah. in our line of work, there hasn't been many that I've ever had to use, but binary search is one of them where yeah. I've gone, like... Binary search solves this problem. Yeah. I'm not even sure that I could tell you what a... I've written down here, hash maps, trees, and graphs. And I've, mm-hmm. I've said them before. I know what a hash map is, right? Like, obviously, I, that's like, I mean, it's kind of a dictionary. It's basically like, you know... Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I know what a tree is. Like, a tree is like an object. It has multiple yeah. child objects. Uh, and they they have, have multiple child objects. So it looks like a tree. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not sure I know what a graph is. Just imagine your tree, right? Yeah. Draw lines between... Just wherever you feel like. Graph. So like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> That's seriously it. <laughs> so it's a tree with spider webs on it. It's a tree where the nodes can be connected anywhere mm. to any other one. Mm. That's it. Yep. That's really it. So like a vine? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, it's actually more like a roadmap. Yeah, okay. Mm. Um. So one of one of the things that they suggested, along with kind of knowing these things, is to find questions, like find interview questions and just do them. Yeah. And there's heaps of websites for that. There is. Although this, they're quite expensive. Well, there's a few that I found that were like not problematic. Um, uh, let's see. I've got one in, I think I still got one in my bookmarks here. Career Cup. Cool. It had like a forum listing of a bunch of questions. And if you click through, you can find like people submitting answers. They don't have like a sort of, you know, this is the the. Is it kind of like a stack overflow where you can upvote and stuff? It is kind of a stack overflow. I mean, it even looks like a stack overflow. Is it part of the stack exchange? <clears throat> no. Huh. You're right. It looks identical. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I remember you sent me some. They were quite fun. It's yeah. funny how these problems are quite enjoyable when you're not actually in a stressful interview situation. <laughs> So one of the things that I kind of did, I had only had only had a couple of weeks yeah. between like... <laughs> you basically you know, had to cram a like, computer yeah. science degree of three years into a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not and it's not even a f- full computer science degree because it's not that I... Like, like I said, it's yeah, not that true. I don't know these you things. You could it's program. Just, I've got to deal with... Like, I've got to be able to like match up the things in my head uh, with the things that they expect like, yeah. to just be able to say. Yeah. And um, so that was kind of the, the thing that I kind of wanted to get my head around. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to do was, well, I mean, and I think for most interviews, like coding questions, which we'll, we're, we're going to touch on in two seconds, 
coding questions are a large proportion of the interview and they make up a huge part of it. Like you, I did yep. so many code questions over the course of like several interviews and at least one of them was like entirely um, code questions. Mm-hmm. So these questions are really low level. They're really low level. Mm. Um, in, in a lot of cases, they are so low level that they're the sort of thing that you would like leave to the language to deal with. Yep. And you've got to kind of, you know, you've got to take a problem and you've got to work it through and you're not going to have a computer. So you kind of have to, like when you're practicing these things, like you're going to probably be writing on a whiteboard or a big piece of butcher paper, which is what I got. If you're really so lucky, stupid, unlucky. So stupid, okay, continue. Yeah, if you're really unlucky, you might have to write on a blackboard <laughs> with your feet. <laughs> That's a, another classic interview situation. <laughs> How will I solve this problem? <laughs> uh you don't have any chalk, but you have a blackboard. Write the answer to this problem. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's do a couple of example questions. Maybe one. All or right, two. Let's, right. Let's give it a try. Right. So they're not because they're not very. They're not. I complex. haven't studied. Like they're not super complex. They're just like they're pretty low level. I uh, I mean they are kind. They do kind of get complex. Yes. And especially when we kind of get into like further implementations of it. So here's one. This is one of the ones that I actually did. Given a square grid of n by n. Mm. Print all possible paths from the top left corner to the bottom right corner. So, um, remember how I said I hate interviews? <laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed right now. But that that is a classic graph question. So, your n by n grid is your graph. And then you've got a number of graph traversing algorithms to choose from. Yep. And you need every possible path. Yep. So, you don't need the most efficient path, say, like the quickest way from the top left to bottom right. So mm-hmm. you can just use breadth first search or depth first search. Both of them will return the correct answer, but in a different order. Yeah. Done. So the then way I don't have to actually do it. Then you actually have to do it. So you can <laughs> that's explain fine. it. I could, I could write a, I don't know, for some weird reason, pathfinding, which is what this question is. This is a pathfinding question. That was like my best subject at uni. I think because it kind of related to games. And so I found it interesting. So yeah. I ignored everything else and just got really good at pathfinding. Yep. But anyway. So, so yes. So <laughs> you've got one. You, you've effectively got two directions that you can go from top left to bottom right, mm-hmm. right? So you can go down or or right. Yes. So effectively you're going to have a bunch of straight end up with a bunch of strings that go like dd rr whatever. Mhm. So let's assume that we're going to have a method to to deal with this. That we call a method passing a bunch of stuff and we it prints a bunch of paths to the console. So we have a method and we're going to uh, I'm, I'm going to use that as like a method that calls itself rec- rec- recursive recursive method. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to traverse grid so you pass in like your n value mm-hmm. from point so you pass in the current point with path. So you pass in the path that you've gotten to point this point. Yep. So this method will then uh, will then go through. So it will. You've basically got like you've got those two directions, right? So you choose one of those two directions. Yes. Probably. I mean, you can do right first and down next, or whatever. Doesn't down matter. is depth first. Right is breadth first. There you go. So either of those things, you basically detect whether or not you're at the end. Yeah, your target, your goal your tar- node, target node, which is going to be like. If it's a CG point, and yeah, because it's a grid position, where, or whatever. where you know that both values are, you know, the value of n. If it is the value of n, you print your path, and you just that's it. That's it. You're done. 
if it isn't, you're not at the end, then you add whatever direction that you went to your path value. Yep. And update your current position to the new position after, like after you've made that move. So, you know, if you're moving right, then you add to the uh, X value. Mm-hmm. If you're moving down, you add to the Y value. And then you use those values to call yeah, your method again. Starts from the new start node, which is where you were up to, and tries to find the goal again. Yeah. yeah. Classic pathfinding. Easy. Which is, it's not difficult, right? It's not a difficult question. but if I would have been so happy with that one. I know the other ones, though, and I'm not as good at those other ones. Yeah. So here's another one. This is also relatively easy. Like, I'm not going to go into any difficult ones because they're really difficult. Some of them are very difficult to kind we of communicate. We should at least mention. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. Some of them are difficult to, co- to communicate. Like, this is one that we won't go into. Um, so if you're given an array of numbers, mm-hmm. so probably NS numbers, because you can't put integers into an array. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, so given an array of NS numbers, write a method to determine the number of zero values mm. and remove them from the array. Cool. It's relative. It's semi, it's not super complex, but it would be hard to go, kind of go into. But here's another one. Given two NS ranges... Mm-hmm. So an NS range is, as you all know, like a location and a length mm-hmm. for a range. Uh, write a method to determine whether or not the two intersect. Cool. Oh, you want me to actually do it? Yes. Ah. Yes, I'm going to make you do it. Can we go back to the pathfinding questions? Because I'm real good at those <laughs> ones. <laughs> no, no, this is this is like you're on the spot now. Now you've got to prove that you're a decent developer. Oh, man. Your job isn't all about pathfinding, Ben. What if it is, though? What if I'm interviewing for a Pathfinder? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all You're right. interviewing for a company called Pathfinder. So, wait, the question is, does the range... Two NS ranges. Yeah. Do they intersect? Cool. All right. It's going to be range two dot start is greater than range one dot start and range two dot start is less than the end. So, start plus length of range one. Yep. That's half of it. Yep. Then you got to do the other half which is going to be range one. You basically just got to check all four points. And if any are true, then you're good. What if you have uh, an NS range where you've got NS not found? Oh, is that part of it? Yep. Okay, you got to check that it's not found first and then they don't intersect. Yeah, basically. You basically have to determine... There's probably a real fast way of doing this. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, I think the the answer that I gave was the answer that you've just basically given, which is Mm. you've got to determine whether or not... if your uh, if your NS if your second range is starts at the uh, like uh, uh, at a greater point than your first range, then you check to see whether or not your second range start is within like is in less than the location. Yep. Uh, and if it's the other way around, so your first range starts at a greater point than the start of the second range, then you've got to check to see whether or not the first range start point is less than the yeah. That's how I did it. Sounds right. Sounds good. You're hired. I'm not going to say that that's the right way because okay. I never got an answer as to which way was the right way. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah. So it's the I don't have any answers on these. Cool. Send us an answer if you know it. Send us an answer. Yeah. Send us answers. Um, so I can use them next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are tons of other examples online. I'll send through a couple of the sites that I, I, I used and checked out. Um, they were some of them were fun to do, but I. I don't know. I the, I think the two week kind of crush thing, yeah, crunch thing, whatever, like that. Yeah, it just took all the joy out of it. <laughs> like any joy that co- I could have gleaned from doing it, I I just got lost. But I think 
they they make like I said they make up a huge proportion of your of any interview that you'll end up doing. So do a ton of them. Like do as many as you can uh, if you're going through an interview. So the other thing that I kind of had, to, I needed to know to go through these things. Um, not necessarily, I don't think I necessarily ever really put it to good use, but I was able to kind of like throw the words out there sometimes. Yeah, that's always good. Uh, and that kind of, I think that kind of maybe, um, you know, made it made me feel like I was, I seemed smart. Uh, so there's a thing called big O space and time, and I, the first time that I ever, I ever encountered this, which is crazy is when Swift started putting them against their like various different right, okay. things in the documentation. So if you're looking through Swift's like the Swift standard libraries uh, your documentation and you're seeing things like O something. N squared. Yep. Log N N log N. Yep. Just basically maths with N's in it. Yep. Inside a big O. <laughs> if you're seeing that anywhere, that's what this is. This is uh, this is a basically a calculation of two... Th- you can calculate two things with it. The first thing and the most common thing that you seem to calculate with it is is time. Yeah. Um, which is runtime. So you're determining how long it takes for a method or whatever, like a call to run. Um, the other thing that you calculate it with is space... It's not as important Seems these days. Rare. It doesn't like yeah. it's not the sort of thing that you tend to do. Back in the day when they had like four kilobytes of RAM to work with and stuff, <laughs> yeah. these kind of thoughts were really important. Um, and I mean, it's still important. Like if you're doing something huge, it's important. But yeah, well, if you traverse the massive data sets or whatever, people are only concerned with time these days because they're trying to get their sixty frames per second scrolling or whatever. Yep. And so you use these things to kind of determine how kind of efficient your yeah, they give you a measure of answer is. how much slower your algorithm is going to get as you add more items to yeah. it. Um, and so you can kind of you can kind of use this to kind of communicate like this is how long it takes, you know. And uh, it's kind of kind of useful. I mean, it's kind of nice to be able to understand. Yeah, no, I think it is useful enough. So what you do is you pair them up with data structures. So you're talking about your hash map before. Yep. It's important to know things like when to use a hash map versus an array. So let's say you're trying to, you're storing items that have some sort of identifier. You just grab a hash map because it's easiest. It's like, seems obvious. If you've got an identifier in an item, that's a dictionary. Yeah. Well, if you want to like, if you want to like pull out uh, something by its identifier, yeah. Yes. So you would put that in a hash map because a hash map is O1 to retrieve, whereas an array is ON because you're going to have to find it first if you don't know it's. Yep. So, like, you can look for the identifier in the list, but you got to start at the start of the list and keep going through it. Mm. So that's where it all comes in. It's about choosing your data structure. Yeah. Whereas if you want to, if you want to know something that is in a, is in a particular order, yes, and you know, and you know where it is in that order, yeah, like, like alf- you've got like a, an alphabet. Yeah. Like you, you know which letter is at what point. Like an indexed thing. Yeah, and you want to pull that out. You, you will get that at better speed with an array. And yeah, and the, these sort of things are really kind of. I didn't don't necessarily feel like I was ever asked like what's the big O of this method that you've written, um, but I was able to kind of look at the code code that I had written on my piece of butcher paper and kind of understand. I mean, it took me a second. I had to like uh, 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 that's n and this one is yeah. going through n again. N squared. Uh, so n squared. <laughs> I you know I I was able to kind of like but I was able to figure it out and kind of go well this is yeah. this is really bad they kind of hide the big o questions behind the so why did you choose to use an array instead of a tree in this case yeah 
And so that's like all they're wanting you to say there is, well, an array in this case would have been O n squared and a tree would have been n log n. So therefore I chose a tree. And they're like, very good. I, You're I, hired. I definitely <laughs> didn't have like super nice compact answers like this when I did my interview. Well, it's easy when there's no pressure. Yeah. So those those were the kind of the two major things that I ended up having to kind of know for this interview process. They were kind of big, kind of big. Obviously, big O and some of the computer science-y stuff that I didn't really kind of have my head around before. I wouldn't say that it's improved my developer, like my status as a developer. I don't feel like I got any better because of like as a regular yeah. developer because now I know what a ha- like a hash map is. And a linked list. It's probably a good thing to know the concept, knowing the name of it. Well, I think that, really so I think that comes down to, I guess this is more like... Being able to communicate. Designing interviews. But it comes down to what you're interviewing for. So there are some jobs in the computer science developer world where knowing that stuff would be so important. Hmm. Like if you were working on the kernel, say, like the real low-level Mac OS X stuff. Hmm. Well, if you're writing a language. If you're writing a language, yep. that knowledge is super important and therefore should be tested in an interview. Yep. If you're a front-end developer like we basically are, yep. you don't need to know that stuff most of the time. Sometimes you need to know some performance stuff because your table view is not scrolling that well and it turns out you're searching every time it scrolls or something. Yeah. But yeah, that's why it feels kind of irrelevant to us. Yeah, it's kind of my opinion on interviews. That's a, that's a big thing. I think uh, like it feels irrelevant because it's the sort of thing that you don't need to worry about. Like even if you don't have perfect, like my code, probably not big O perfect. Like it's, in fact, it's probably, some of it's probably really, really crap. Yeah, but it works. But it works. And it's shipped. And it's like there's no like major problems coming out of it. Nothing is slow because of it. Yeah. Um, performance is a like the age old thing with performances. You only tune it if you need to, basically. Yeah. You don't you know? Don't you don't fix what ain't broke. Yeah. Whereas with interview questions, it's all about fixing it. Like just fix it until it's perfect. Like it yeah. should be the most perfect thing. And if we did that for all of the problems in like all of our apps, every app that we wrote would take about thirty years to finish. Yeah. So in saying that. These big companies, what did I call it? Goobook Twipple. Goobook Twipple have a lot of data, right? Right. So for them, this performance stuff is more relevant than it is for us. Like you're searching 10,000 GIFs or whatever. They're searching well, 100 I mean, billion. Depends. I know, it definitely depends. But I can see why they interview it more. Yeah. Because it is, those kind of considerations are more important. Like hiring someone into that company, it's good that they have an understanding of how performance works because they deal with big big data mm. that keyword thing buzzword so another thing that kind of like kind of plays into this kind of the, these are big you know big players big data one of the questions that you get asked and you'll get asked maybe one or two of these is um architecture related questions yeah design a, an app that does this and so you kind of work through the pro- the problem yeah there's some of these questions i, I feel like they're so open-ended um, and this is a big problem, part of the problem with like your headspace when you're going in through these the, through these questions. Like if you feel if you don't feel like you know this stuff well, um, or like if you even if you have any doubts, if you have any doubts about yourself, <laughs> they're going to be magnified. It's true. Like they're going to like go under a friggin' microscope yep. and uh, and just be blown up on a big billboard and just stuck in the middle of Times Square or something. These yeah, are, these are Ben's faults. So the open-ended questions. The trick with those, and this is assuming you've got a good interviewer, because you're going to get some arrogant ones who just think their opinion is correct, and then you're screwed. If you yep. have a different opinion, it's, it's game over. Oh, yep. well. 
So assuming you got a good interviewer, the open-ended ones are more designed to test one, that you know what you're talking about, but two, that you can justify your opinions. So it doesn't matter what opinion you come up with for your architecture, be it MVC or model view, view model, or, you know, any of them. Mm -hmm. If you can like sit there and justify and have a normal debate about the advantages and disadvantages of the architecture you chose, I think that's what they're looking for. Mm. And again, that's assuming your interviewer isn't arrogant and just thinks that their opinion is correct. And if you don't say their opinion, well, not, that's, not hired. Well, that's exactly the problem with most of, like, most of these questions, right? Like, yeah, there even is no the code fully correct. There is no fully correct answer. You, may, you can work on these problems until the end of time and you might not find the answer to some of them. Like, some of them are complex enough that you, like, you could, if you don't know the answer, mm. you might not find it by, even by iterating. You know, so that's like O-infinity. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you never might, complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a bad solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might not ever find it, which is a problem, which is a huge problem. And uh, so, like, it's the sort of thing where, yeah, like, if you have if you have interviewers that are not good interviewers, or they're like they have their own opinions, like it relies a lot on that. It relies yeah. a lot on who they are and who they like, how they kind of conduct the interview conduct the interview and how they treat people mm-hmm. that are not like them yep so there's a lot of stuff about interviews and we'll never be able to touch on all of it because it is just like you know there's so much stuff and i mean i could have i could have studied for a year to do my interview and would have kind of walked away with just as many questions as i had yeah <laughs> at the beginning different questions yes um but just as many so this is a good point, I think, to kind of talk a little bit about like how how would you conduct an interview? I've done it a few times now at multiple companies. And I think it's important to realize that how I would conduct an interview is very different to how Goobook Twipple would conduct an interview, right? Because they've got different problems. So I don't have thousands of applicants that I have to sift through in a reasonable amount of time because I've got an empty spot to fill, right? So that's a problem that they have which a lot of people forget when they say like the interview process is completely broken. It's like, it is, but it's because it's a really hard problem to solve. You got to get through a thousand applicants somehow and you can't give them all like hours of your day. Gold star. Yeah. So I don't have that problem. So when I first had to interview someone, I just basically did what the big people do and did a technical interview. The questions weren't that well tuned for what the position I was hiring for. I just did the standard sort of computer science-y questions that we've already talked about. Yep. I had maybe three candidates. None of them did particularly well. One of them did better than the others. And it was like, well, I really need to hire someone. So you're hired. Yay. I hope this wasn't a horrible mistake. And he was so good. Like he turned out really good. And then I was like, well, that didn't work. Because if, you know, like if there had been other candidates or if this was just, I didn't have a position to feel as urgently say, I would have just been like, no one was good enough this round. No job. So I was like, maybe the technical thing isn't so good. So the next time I tried it again, and this time I did technical questions still, but they were way more relevant to the position I was hiring for. Yep. So this, these were iOS developers. So I ditched the computer science stuff and I made them implement an actual feature of something in one of our apps. So this was actually at Shiny Things where I made quick math. And for those who don't know quick math, quick math is like a fast math game where you write the answer on a screen. And one of the things we had at some point was it came up in user testing that when people start writing an answer and then realize they're doing it wrong, they start scribbling on the screen. 
So they go, ah, no, and they scribble back and forth. So we wrote a gesture recognizer to detect a scribble. So it was a scribble gesture recognizer. Oh, right. It was a real thing. It was in the app. Yep. And so I made the interview question that, which I thought was very relevant. Yep. Again, no one did as well as I'd hoped. So everyone just did it manually. Like they, instead of making a custom gesture recognizer, they just got the touch points and looked for a back and forth and then declared that as a scribble, hmm. which worked, but it wasn't really the answer I was looking for. But again, I was like, oh, I've got to hire someone. And so I did. And they didn't turn out as good. So I was like, man, this interview thing is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so that was shiny things. And now I do it at Stripey Sock. And it's been way more informal. And it so far is working really well in that we just give people a chance. Like we pay them to work for a week or something. Yep. And if we like what they do, they might get more work. And eventually we go, hey, do you want a job? Like when we have space available, we just offer them a job. And mm. that, so far that's been working perfectly. So... It's like, because an interview is really designed to see how this person is going to work for you, right? And the only test of that is to see how they work for you. Like, give them some real work that you pay them for. Yeah. And, yes, just judge it. And because the other thing is people learn on the job. Like, you're not going to be good day one because there's a whole pile of processes you don't know yet. And so it gives them, you get to see how fast they pick up your process. And if they question some of it and you realize, like, awesome, new opinions that that's a really good point and then you can change your process a bit and then it's better for the next person and so that's what i've come down to now like i barely do an interview at all the other thing i found was i could almost instantly tell i'm not sure if this is a good or a bad thing but when they say first impressions count mm. they are so important at least from my experience as an interviewer you can basically tell if you're gonna offer the or at least offer the next interview say to the person within the first minute like the, the interview might be half an hour long. If you don't have a good first impression, you're constantly fighting back from that. Whereas if you have a good first impression, you've got like a buffer of points to lose, right? And you still like the person, even if they're getting lots wrong. You're like, yeah, but this is a, this is a good yeah, person. I like this person. I like this yeah. person. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's a really hard problem to solve. I'm still not sure there is a good solution, but the one that I've fallen onto is just to give people a go. So I, I, I'm going to ask you like some some. Some pointed questions. Yes. Uh, I have a couple of pointed questions. So you're giving people work as like a freelance thing? Like yeah. are they freelancers? and They're then freelancers. They, you, right. What about good developers who might want to come work for you that don't have that opportunity? Like who can't do freelance work because of whatever reason? Yeah, that's a very major problem. So our last hire did have another job. So he came from another job. Um, and he was just willing to, I guess, do it in his spare time. He took some time off work he had heaps of leave so it wasn't too big a deal yeah well i mean that works for him but what if they don't have that opportunity mm -hmm. a lot of the things that get thrown about like in the more recent kind of years about how about like the development process is how they kind of tend to treat you know minorities minorities as like, like they get kind of get left out in the cold in a lot yeah. of cases and so this is why we pay you know it's not free work yeah yeah um but i mean the the problem is is that what if you've got somebody who is like uh, you know that they, they are a developer. They're very good developer, whatever. They, you know they've gone through the process of becoming one, however that process looks. But they've been unable to find a job. Job mm -hmm. market is kind of kind of bad. So you know they work in retail. Uh, they don't you know or or something where they don't have a lot of hours anymore. Like they're basically minimum minimum wage. They're working all the time, yep. and so then they've got to do like more work. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. So this is like this is what I mean. There's no good solution. No matter what solution you come up with, you're going to disadvantage a group of applicants. Yeah. I'd love a solution if you've got one. I've talked about this with heaps of people and everyone has a different idea and all of them have a disadvantage. Yeah. I think the kind of part of the key thing about it, and I think this is a kind of a key thing about anything really, is that to know is to know those things. Like, is to kind of look at your process, and you, you might it might not be perfect, but it's the process that you have. Yeah. Um, so and if you ex- know that there's problems, it's for a example, lot easier to kind of for that exact point about a lot of people don't have time. This is why. So a lot of companies say, send us some work you've done as like a side project or whatever, because good developers have side projects. Yep. We don't ask that question yep. because you, we don't know what your personal home life is like. Yep. You might have no time to work on side projects, even if you're the best developer in the world. Yeah. So we don't, we don't ask that question. And a lot of companies do. And I don't think that's right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that there is a perfect interview solution and uh, I don't think there ever will be. Um, obviously, there are going to be people like that are disenfranchised by the current, like the, the mm-hmm. whatever solution is the current solution. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's minorities. I don't know how to fix that. Like, I don't, I don't have an answer for this either. Just in case you were, in case anybody was wondering if I was mm. going to like spout my own answer. I've not done interviews. Like, I've never, I've not, I've one time sat on the other side of an interview, uh, of an interview panel, rather sat on an interview panel and interviewed, you know, incoming employees and I don't necessarily feel like I did a very good job at that point either because I was young and stupid. Yeah, so the other thing that I like about our system at the moment is it kind of removes nerves from the equation because most of the time they don't have to come to the office and work. Like yep. we say, you can you can do this at home, no problem. Do it yep. at night whenever you want. Just get it back to us in a week or something and it won't be a week's worth of work. So they've got time to... You, you just know, like hand them like it's, one It's meant task to be stress-free. No nerves. Everything at your disposal that you are going to need. Go Google, Stack Overflow, whatever. That's what we do at work. So why yep. shouldn't you be able to do it? Fair enough. Yeah. So that's what I like because it removes the nervous, hopefully, hopefully it removes that nervous part of the interview equation where you got to kind of factor in that your applicant is a bit nervous so it's probably not performing at their best. Yep. Yeah. So there's lots of advantages. There's definitely disadvantages too. So in the meantime, if you're going to an interview, read up on your stuff, mm-hmm. do example questions, beef up your knowledge as much as you can. Um, yeah, not only with the coding stuff, make sure you know about the company you are interviewing at because that's going to give you a small advantage, right? If you know, like, it might not even be a big company, but, like, just know about uh, maybe the founders, how long they've been operating, the kind of business they're in, like their business model, who they work with, who are their principal customers? Like that, all that kind of knowledge shows that you were actually interested in that job, and it helps make your interviewer feel like you're not just doing this as a chore sort yeah. of thing. You actually do want the job because those are the kind of people you want. In the end, you want people who are happy to come to work, and they do a good job. Yeah, I would also say if I was to give one thing other than like the standard like beef up on your knowledge and mm. go through the questions, I think the one thing that I would kind of suggest discard all of your expectations just toss them out like throw them throw them aside when you're going in because you can be the most amazing developer and they might not choose you yeah um, you can be a really good like a really bad developer and they will choose you like it doesn't like you don't have any control over the process and i think at that when when you don't have any control over that sort of a thing you just kind of have to 
to not put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even, like, it's not it's not even like a, well, it'd be nice if I could do it. You, you can't. Like, you can't, like, you can't put all of your faith in, I'm going to get a job at, what was it, Goo? Goo Book Twipple. Goo Book Twipple. So, yeah, just, yeah, I th- throw out your expectations. The The end of the story is that I didn't get hired by Goo Book Twipple. Yeah. Which is okay. I think it's okay too. I wouldn't want to work at Goo Book Twipple. They try to do too much, like, you know, social networking, building driverless cars. Um, I don't know what else to <laughs> MacBooks. Yeah, know. building MacBooks. And she's yeah. just need to pick one thing, just, you know? Just pick a thing. <laughs> like, like, you know, v- virtual reality and, yeah. and augmented reality all at the same time. And also, like, watches, but then websites. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. It's too much. It's too much. Just, like, choose a thing, do it, do it well. If you'd like to read any of the things that we've gonna we've mentioned, I'm gonna have a few links to some of the coding question kind of sites that I happened across during my uh, adventure. Then uh, you can jump on the website; the show notes are there. You can also get in touch with us from the website uh, via email. We have a form; you fill it out, sends an email. The website is mobilecouch.co. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us individually. You can try as much as you want to uh, ask about like where I interviewed. Uh, you probably won't get an answer, um, but you know maybe ask Ben. Ask Ben where he's interviewed. So Ben is on Twitter as Ben Trengrove. It's B E N T R E N G R O V E, and I am Jelly Bean Soup. That's all. Thank you for listening. You know it's great. It's been great to have you. Uh, you you listening throughout the the course of however long it has been, whether it's been the full show or just the last few episodes. It's great to talk to you, and we look forward to talking to you again in two more weeks' time. So until then, goodbye. Bye. <laughs>